Hi, I'm Laura Munson, Vice President of Sales and Strategy at ATR International. I'm a parent, I'm a boss, but what I take to heart most is being a true leader in today's complex world. It is my honor to have conversations with other leaders who are making waves in our global communities. As technology evolves and our careers broaden, so does our reach and the ability to impact future generations. We are so glad you could join. Hello, welcome to the podcast, PBL. Very exciting guest today. We have Phil Dana. He's CHRO Ask Bio. Phil, you have so many outstanding work experiences. I'm really excited to hear about them today. I'm wondering if you can give our listeners a brief snapshot of your professional experience. Yeah, it depends how you define outstanding. Some of it's scar tissue, wisdom, <laughs> things that I've uh, screwed up or made wrong decisions on too. So maybe we'll touch on some of that. But I'm a former Navy enlisted officer. Um, I've been in HR for 20 years. Um, I've been uh, through several cities, several industries, several companies, uh, mostly larger, um, uh, smaller companies the last two or three turns, uh, which I, I'm actually enjoying more, and uh, different sectors, uh, construction, retail, tech, and now life sciences, and I, I hope to stay in life sciences for a while. I think I've, I've found my why. Yes, absolutely. From our chats in the past, you really are just such an interesting person. There's a few life lessons that really have stuck out to me that you've shared in the past. It's know who you are and always help people. I thought that was really cool. I think a lot of people kind of have um, random paths to success, but I think that's really been your mantra. So tell me a little bit about you going from the Navy to your HR career why do you think that was the right career choice for you? I don't know. Some about my, my DNA. I'm an Irishman. I grew up in Asia and then in the middle of nowhere, wilderness, North Idaho. Um, I love a people. Grew up in a tight religious family. Um, you know, family reunions were big. Uh, Sunday afternoon picnics were big. Mm-hmm. And discussions around a formal dinner table uh, were, were always to be had. And so something about formative years and just the love of people, you know, I've, I grew up overseas, uh, uh, served overseas in the military. So I've seen the best and the worst in people and in humanity and really appreciate what we have here in the United States and, you know, really appreciate the experiences that I get as I, you know, go through this life and my professional career and the people I meet. I actually want to get to know them. I want to hear their stories. And if there's something I can do for them, a, a connection, uh, something that I can help them with, uh, even better. There's mm-hmm. something about that. The thread to military service has served, served me well. It's got me and my wife. It's led to a lot of jobs. It's led to a lot of really close new friends over, over the years. Yeah, I think that's, it's really cool. And you kind of sharing growing up overseas, living in so many different places, were those transitions always beneficial? Did any of that make it a challenge for you transitioning to different positions? Well, I think it's like wife number one and number two makes me appreciate number three a thousand (laughs) times more. So yeah, yeah, not, not every experience, not every company, not everywhere I lived or every experience I had was, was awesome. In fact, it's probably 
mm -hmm. pretty close to a 50 50 split but um definitely makes me appreciate the good and seek the good yeah and try to make bad good if you can um so that's that's definitely a part of how i think about things so it's really your positive outlook too Something that I thought was cool that you shared, knowing people, networking, you shared at one point that you had 16 interviews in 60 days. How did that even happen? And what did you learn through that process? Well, it's like the perfect storm, right? Uh, this last year with the inflation, uh, the market, uh, having some great companies on my LinkedIn profile and my background, having a, a good network being good on LinkedIn, um, which I, I do spend time on frequently. And uh, having worked at companies that have grown and scaled. And so, you know, as people go from one company to another, if you stay in touch with them, that, that kind of helps as well. And I've also got really good advice, good mentors, good board of advisors over the years. You know, if you're in yep. a specific craft, you should know who the top headhunters are. You should know where are the professional organizations, the conferences, who are the thought leaders? Um, I typically typically spend my morning drinking coffee and, you know, looking at my LinkedIn and Twitter feeds at what the thought yeah. leaders are saying and, and what's out there and, you know, Very engage, cool. engage with them if possible. Yep. I love that. What advice, because I think as people are listening to you, you've really been pioneering how you go after your own career. And I think setting an example for other people, what type of things do you look for? Obviously growing company, but what other items would you share that are really good for folks as they're considering new positions? I think clarity and intensity of what the end state is. Um, you know, I didn't pioneer anything by the way, but I read an article a long time ago that Michael Jordan wrote all of his goals down Mm -hmm. So early science before it became a science, right? I think there's mm -hmm. a lot of manifestation, karma, I believe in all that. Um, yeah. So, you know, when I was 32, I wrote down that I would be uh, the head of HR in a global company, mm -hmm. C-suite, and, uh, you know, I'd be making a specific amount of money and have a specific lifestyle, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, throughout the next almost 20 years of that mm -hmm. path, um, I, I stuck to it. Nice. I wanted to touch a little bit on really the example that you lead. So I think diving into a bit how you've pulled from your military background experience into corporate life, what are the lessons of teamwork that you really learned with that? One of them is a tattoo on my tattoo. arm. Oh yeah. The fifth law of the Navy on the strength of the cable, dependent uh -huh. on the, of the chain. Yep. Who knowest one thou mayest be tested, so live that thou bearest the strain. It's a nautical poem that turned into the laws of the Navy. They make you memorize that stuff at the Naval Academy, but it's basically don't be a weak link. And so link in the chain, West Point's long gray line, um, the service, right? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, helping others, helping veterans for me was my, my link in the chain. And so as soon as I got out, I just turned around and started helping others get out and mm -hmm. kind of became a thing. And then it turned into a little bit of a career for a while as a military mm -hmm. guy at Amazon. And mm -hmm. so I met my wife and turns out that's how I've gotten most, most of my, my jobs is through mm -hmm. the, through that ecosystem of helping veterans. Um, 
So I think that's, yeah. that's a big deal is, you know, if you go through life, pick, pick something. My mother-in-law volunteers at the church all the time. So does my grandpa. You know, I think everybody should have their, their thing uh, mm-hmm. where they're giving back. Love it. So you're in the health industry now, which is amazing. And I know you said you want to stay there, which is great. So how do you really discern the difference between companies that really care about people and have a focus on people and those that really are just out for profit? Yeah, I think in in my experience, most actually care, just Mm -hmm. like non-for-profits, a lot of really Mm -hmm. passionate, good-hearted folks. It takes a lot to start a company in the life science industry. Um, You know, you have to discover something. You have to be pretty, pretty dang smart. You have to have the equipment and the investment to get it, get it going. The problem is, you know, it's such a low hit rate uh, Mm -hmm. of successful products that get out to market and get into a patient and do some good with the patient. So um, for me, I've kind of always been attracted to the new thing. I'm a bit of a a chase, chase the nut squirrel, squirrel. (laughs) Um, Life Technologies was a, you know, cutting edge early diagnostics DNA sequencing company Mm -hmm. really attracted me lured me out of Amazon to move to San Diego and a phenomenal opportunity. And oh mm-hmm. my gosh, I learned so much. It was such a, an amazing team. And then recently Denrion, the first cellular therapy FDA labeled product in the world, the pioneers of cellular therapy. My father had passed from liver cancer, a solid state yeah. tumor in which he could have certainly used uh, immunotherapy uh, to yeah. extend his life. Mm-hmm. But now to be at, you know, a molecular medicine company, a gene therapy company, that's the next new wave of science and the ability to uh, take an unhealthy DNA strand, make it healthy and put it back in a body. Incredible. The keys to the world's rarest and worst diseases. And uh, wow. yeah, it's pretty cool. And, you know, also to be candid, I, mm-hmm. I'm just a poli sci grad dumb guy from North Idaho, grew up in the sticks. Mm -hmm. And I love looking around the room and not knowing what they're saying and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, trying to learn how to help them and what I can do for them to make them successful. I love it. And I think what's cool is it's a testimony to you looking out of the room, making other people successful. Because even if we read some of your LinkedIn reviews, you have almost 30 over, over 30 even. I've seen Phil give way more than he gets. I am always amazed from what I continue to learn about him. His enthusiasm is contagious and his advice is spot on. Phil brings in talent, provides guidance and lets his people flourish with trust and encouragement. And the list goes on. What goes through your mind when you hear those comments? I didn't know anyone read that stuff. I think I read it the day it was written and then you hit accept, right? I'm like, oh, that feels good. I'll add it. Yeah. to know that you actually read all that. That's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, you know, you only get one life. Might as well impact some people and do some good along the way. Mm-hmm. The other statement that I think I have attached to my LinkedIn profile is that, you know, they don't exactly put corporate logos on your tombstone. So why not use your corporate experience and the opportunities that you get in corporate life to try to, I wouldn't say exploit because I think that has a negative connotation, but how do you leverage and harness the resources of your company, your, your job to, uh, to, to do some good. Amazing. So 
did anyone model this kind of leadership to you? I know you mentioned a few influences in your life, but who would you say the key people would have been? I think a lot of that's done during the formative years of life. So I, I definitely have to say my grandfather and my dad, who was a workhorse, mm-hmm. uh, the pastor at my church, mm-hmm. coaches, um, teachers in school. Mm-hmm. I think too, in the military, I was very fortunate. Uh, I had some of the best leaders that are out there that now have written books and are considered leadership experts. I've, I've worked for a few of the big names. And mm-hmm. uh, so just, you know, a long life, I've just had some good opportunities. And then, you know, others, like there was a software development leader in Bangalore that I spent mm-hmm. a few weeks with and, oh my gosh, she was such an amazing leader. Um, mm-hmm. just to see how she was able to motivate folks that just work, work to the bone. And um mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, it never ends, right? Yeah. If you want to be a good leader, you're just always watching and listening, paying attention to what others are doing and try to try to mimic the good and cast off the bad. Yeah, I think that's really good advice to look for role models or look for people who have it right. I think so often we can kind of be situated in silos. So I think that's it's really good advice, Bill. So as we wrap up, two more questions. So with everything that's going on in the job market right now, it's called the great resignation. What would your advice be to people when to stay put and when to look? Yeah, it's funny. I can't stand that uh, term mm-hmm. great resignation. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not buying it. I think that's mm-hmm. media, media horse pucky. Um, <laughs> I, you know, a lot of people I know, a lot of folks in my circles are doing extremely well. I think mm-hmm. The opportunity abounds a lot of new industries a lot of folks that had ideas that accelerated them or opportunities to invest or start something on their own to, mm-hmm. to shift careers mm-hmm. um I, I think you know great resignation sounds so negative and so definite that's definitely daunting not, yeah not what i see and i just moved from san diego to raleigh durham and i think both cities are thriving um so much work to be had so many help wanted help needed signs and the job boards are just going crazy right now right so yeah um i think you know advice is uh seize the opportunity and chaos uh comes wonderful circumstance and so you know what a great time to make a bold move move Mm -hmm. to a new city uh, move into a sector that you've always had interest in Mm-hmm. Um, get a coach, spend a few hundred dollars, do, do a, an assessment, Gallup okay. Strengths, Hogan, do, do something along those lines and get a coach and ask your friends, hey, what do you, what do you think I should have done as a career and what do you think I'd be good at? Mm-hmm. You might be surprised when you get six of them all saying the same thing and mm-hmm. they're a perfect time to uh, just do it. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. And that was actually going to be my next question. What advice you would have for people who are really struggling to define themselves in career, um, learning what type of professional they want to be. So I think your encouragement is seeking maybe a coach or a mentor. Is there anything else you might want to offer a job seeker? Yeah, I mean, you know, going back to the Michael Jordan, write your goals out. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, journaling, writing goals out is critical. Knowing, know thyself. And so Mm-hmm. There, there's phenomenal tools out there um, for a few tens or hundreds of dollars. You can, you can get really deep on, mm-hmm. on who you really are and um, you know, 360 tools and gathering 
those that really know you that will tell you uh, things that maybe you don't want to hear as well. Mm -hmm. uh, that's always good feedback is a gift. But yeah, uh, same for transitioning, you know, military or college grads, you know, you invest more in researching the purchase of a car or a house. I mean, I know folks that put three hours of research into taking a senior vice president role. Um, that's pretty um, mind blowing, right? And <laughs> Yes, that is. You know, think, think about this whole industry that's out there that can help you um, better your decisions. And this is coming from somebody that's probably made three bad decisions out of about 11. And mm -hmm. uh, there were three really bad ones. So definitely not an expert yet. If anyone figures it out and, and invents something or some app or some AI driven some algorithm. Tool, yeah, some algorithm. That'd be great. Actually, I'll buy it. That's, that's a good idea. Food for thought. Yeah. Phil, thank you so much for joining me today. It really was an honor to have you. I think you really have a lot to share with the world great asset and really congratulations on your new role. I know you'll make some waves there as well. Any final thoughts, anything else you wanted to share? No, but I think that's part of it, right? Uh, a lot of folks are like, Phil, you're always joking and laughing. Do you ever get rattled? I'm like, no, because I have scar tissue. And I think, I think it's good um, yeah. to have failures, to make bad decisions along the way mm -hmm. and just smile and keep moving, keep moving forward. Uh, I think more HR leaders should try to not be HR leaders and get into the trenches, get mm -hmm. into the business, do something, do other things. I think it makes them a better, more empathetic, uh, more savvy HR leader. I think that's a change too. I'm starting to see yeah. the evolution of chief people officers coming from other areas of the business, uh, yeah. which, which I think is terrific. Um, so yeah, my advice is you never know where there's opportunity, ask, ask around and ask people that know you, maybe they'll point in a direction that you might not have thought of. That's amazing. Phil, thank you. Keep moving and shaking. <laughs> <laughs>